Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What's up, y'all? It's Russ Parr, and welcome to the Russ Parrcast. Today, we talk football and we talk finance. Yes, I'm doing something I've never, ever done in my years of broadcasting. That's coming up the second half of the show. First off, we're going to be talking to a... Uh, Pro football player. Won Super Bowls and the whole nine. And, of course, so many changes in the NFL. Is there a place for cap in it? Yeah, Colin Kaepernick. Well, we'll ask him about that and more. So let's get started. Here we go. Well, on the phone line, this guy is like one of the most uh, brilliant corners that have ever graced the fields on the NFL level. And I'm talking about Otis Smith. Uh, 2001 Super Bowl champion with the dreaded New Orleans, uh, not New Orleans, but New England's, uh, I was going to say Saints, uh, with the dreaded <laughs> New England Patriots, a team that I despise and I loathe, but um, that's the only grievance that he and I usually disagree on, except uh, the fact that um, I cook better. All right. It's a good friend of mine. Otis Smith, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing very well. How are you, Russ? I'm just fine. You know, I wanted to get a an expert, a professional, on to talk about all the changes in the uh, season this year, all the trades. And I thought, call Otis. This dude knows all about football. And I, I want to start with, and then we'll get to the trades. I want to start start with Brian Flores. Uh, of course, right. everybody knows Brian, Brian Flores was the coach of the Miami uh, Dolphins. And he's made some serious allegations because he, he basically got fired. Made some serious allegations about the owner, telling him to throw games, um, basically he's suing the NFL and Mike Tomlin picked him up. I'm surprised that they let him, but, uh, the NFL has got to be a little nervous. Don't, don't you think? Well, it puts them on notice. Um, you know, once again, you know, um, it, it puts them on notice. I, I wouldn't necessarily say they're, they're nervous because they got some high power people, you know, in the NFL, but it puts them on notice about some of the practices that may be going on in within the NFL and within the individual teams. Would it, would it surprise you, Otis, that an owner would ask you to throw games so they can get in a better position to get a high draft pick? Well, yes, it, it would be surprising. I'm sure Flores was surprised if that actually happened with him, you know. And then there were other coaches that came out and said some similar things happened to them, particularly in, in Cleveland. Um, but you know. I wouldn't be highly surprised, but, you know, you know, you got guys out there, they, they're trying to put themselves in position, you know, for future ball purposes and try to win in the future if they can't win immediately right now. So if, if that is the case, mm-hmm. you know, you know, somebody need to take a serious look at what's going on throughout the NFL. Do you think that he'll ever rise to head coach status again? He's, he's a hell of a coach. If, you know, if somebody's, you know, there's there's jobs out there every year for head coaching positions, five or six jobs every year. So, um, you know, somebody may take another chance on him again because I thought he was doing a hell of a job down there in Miami. Yeah, and they just picked up some, like, you know, studs. Uh, we just got to see if, if um, Tua can, can get the ball to some of these studs. Um, got Tyreek Hill. Were you surprised Tyreek Hill left a great quarterback in Kansas City to go to Miami? Well, they put some numbers out there in front of him. I, I think that he had to had to take. You know, um, I don't think Kansas City could afford to, 
you know, give him what he thought he was worth. And, you know, somebody else put some numbers out there for him, and he went out there and he got what he wanted. And that's what, why we all play the game, really. You know, we want to win games and be with great quarterbacks. But everybody's out there trying to get paid as well. Yeah. Is Tua a top 10 quarterback? I wouldn't put him in a top 10. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't even put him in a top 15. But wow. he's, you know, he's an up-and-coming quarterback. And I think, you know, with the right weapons around him, you know, you, know, you just got to wait and see what he can do. You know, with somebody like a Tariq Hill and, you know, and some of the others, like the, I can't remember his name, of this kid with the running back that they just signed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're they trying to make some noise in Miami uh, right. by, by bringing in the right people, and, you know, hopefully they can put it all together. Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, signed that big deal, but now he has zero people to throw to. His top receiver, one of the best receivers in, in the NFL, went to uh, Vegas. What are they going to do? Well, hopefully they have somebody deep on their roster that they can they can fish the ball to, um, you know. But he's he's what the number one quarterback in the league. So uh, if if some of those guys can get open, I'm sure he can get him the ball. But a lot of it depends on what they're doing offensively, particularly on the offensive line. Right. Now, if the offensive line can continue to protect him, you know, he does a really good job of placing the ball where it needs to be placed, where his receivers can go up and grab the ball or tight ends or whomever he's thrown it to his skilled position guys can, you know, can make some plays for him. If, you know, if they find some guys that can make some plays, mm-hmm. um, so it may be more of a collaborative effort mm-hmm. opposed to just throwing to one guy the majority of the time. And Devontae, right. which is a phenomenal football player. Right. Well, I'm, I'm hearing some of the experts saying that Tampa Bay, I mean, uh, oh, Green Bay would be a great place for Odell Beckham Jr. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Any place will be a great place for Odell Beckham Jr. If, if uh, because he's a phenomenal, talented guy. You know, he's you know, you know. They say Cleveland wasn't good for him, but it it was more going on than we know. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, and he had a, had kind of a down year in Cleveland, but he was coming off some serious injuries too, like he's coming off another one with his knee, um, and you know. But I think I really believed in him. I, when I started watching him at LSU, and uh, the, the kid could play some football, you yeah. know. And if he if he get with a team, uh, and well, first he got to get healthy again, and hopefully get healthy and stay healthy for a while. And we all can see what he what he's it's capable, capable of doing when yeah. he's when he's healthy. Yes. Well, let me ask you. Um, I know you didn't have any really major injuries when you played in the NFL. You played what 15, 16 years. 15. 15 years. The ACL with the medicine nowadays, can you make a full recovery from that and be the same player you were before the injury? Well, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. But, but you've seen I, a lot of you've I, seen a lot of players, you know, whether they come back or not. Well, yeah, well you got some players I have I've seen guys that can't really come back off of that injury and you know, you got guys that that has come back and played uh, say, for instance, Rod Woodson, he came back and played off his ACL and, you know, had a Hall of Fame career. Mm. So, you know, you got guys that can come back and play. It depends on the body, how much the body has taken. And, you know, I always look at it where we all got so many plays in us. And, mm-hmm. and you know, especially when you're dealing with injuries and the setbacks and, you know, how hard can he come back off of that and how much pressure can he put on his on his body, continue to, you know, to propel himself forward. Right. Um, Baker Mayfield, um, he was irritated when they went after Deshaun Watson and basically demanded a trade. 
and it looks like there are not a lot of suitors. Do, do you think that's fair what's happening to him? Because he played hurt last year. If you give the queen the lines, you, you know, you going out there to perform. Um, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I understand he may have had some nagging injuries, but he, he went out there and he gave it his all. And, you know, I don't, I don't think he's a, a, a great quarterback myself, mm-hmm. you know, looking at him personally, you know, I like his commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His commercials are hilarious. Yeah. He's good with those. I don't, I don't you know, I don't think he's capable of, of, of moving a team like a Deshaun Watson. And, mm-hmm. you know, Deshaun was, you know, was a phenomenal player before, you know, all the allegations came out, came out about him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think he's going to help, help, uh, uh, Cleveland, you know, do some things next year. And, uh, but as, as far as with Baker Mayfield, hopefully somebody gives him a, a, another opportunity. But, you know, I, I just don't think he's the quarterback that, you know, mm. he expect he expect to be or what he was expected to be coming out of uh, Oklahoma. He's kind of smallish, and and they say that about Kyler Murray also for the Arizona Arizona Cardinals. And I just thought they were trying to get him out of there because all of a sudden you started hearing these little secrets that he's a little difficult, he's immature, um, he has you know little tantrums here and there. Um, do you think that that Kyler, his size, do you think that he can like overcome all this adversity when you start hearing that kind of chatter is it people in the locker room talking stuff what, what is that I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's people in the locker room meaning players you know talking behind his back you know it could be some things that are going on you know uh, that those guys don't even know about you know it could be with management it could be with people up in the front office that, that that's actually running things you know with the team I don't I don't see where a lot of guys have problems with other guys unless they're just total divas and, you know, guys isn't doing what they're supposed to do. Right. Um, but I, I I think, you know, it's more to it that's going on. I don't think it's the players because you don't hear players saying anything about Kyle Murray. Because there is or, kind of like a, a code amongst you guys, right? I mean, you guys you guys are like, are like, you know, that's against our code that we supposed to put somebody else out there, even if you hate the guy. Well, yeah, you you know, it's something, you know, you don't really want to speak on. You know, you, you don't want to, even though if you don't like the guy, you don't still don't want him to look bad. You're still teammates, and you still got to be professional about what you're doing. And I think a lot of guys, for the most part, are professional about what they're doing and going about their business right. because they all know each each and every one of those guys on that team, somebody's going to make a mistake here and there. So, right. you know, in dealing with, you know, different personalities, you mm-hmm. know, guys come from all walks of life. and. uh and every, you know, everybody is different. Everybody is not the same. Everybody is not friends on the team, even right. though they're teammates. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Otis Smith, Super Bowl champion, two thousand one, with the New England, New England Patriots. And of course, uh, uh, we're going to get to a couple of more topics of uh, all these changes in the NFL. Everybody's kind of excited about it. So stay right there. On the phone line right now, his name is Otis Smith, Super Bowl champion, 2001, New England Patriots, and good buddy of mine. And, of course, uh, we're talking football. So many changes. You saw with uh, uh, Marcus Mariota uh, left um, uh, the Raiders. And what's he in? He's in um, Atlanta right now, Atlanta Falcons. We're taking second-string quarterbacks, and we're putting them, we're putting them, you know, in starting positions. Um 
obviously there's a flaw in his game. People say it's his passing. Uh, I don't know. How do you assess Marcus uh, Mariota? Well, I think he he's a good backup quarterback, and you know he had his opportunities coming out of school. You know, to, you know to showcase his talents, mm-hmm. and his talents didn't show that where he was the number one. You know, but I think he's a good relief guy where he can come in and you know and get you through a game or get you through maybe two or three games. But I don't see where he has a lot of longevity as a starter in the in the NFL. See, because that's what uh, seems know. like like a lot of teams are doing. Uh, you know, like the Falcons picked him up, and they're they're kind of like, well, this will hold us over for two years until we can find somebody. Because they're saying the draft for quarterbacks is kind of weak this year, so you're you're not going to find a Joe Burrow right now. You know, and and that's that's the problem. But it seems like a lot of teams are like, you know, uh, the the Washington Commanders. You know, a two-year deal for Wentz, a two-year deal for Mariota. That tells me I don't have a lot of confidence in you. Well, right. You know, well, I wouldn't necessarily say they wouldn't put it in, in, in those words exactly. But, you know, I think what, what those guys are doing, until they find what they're actually looking for, you know, they got to have these, you know, these guys, you know, like Mariota and, you know, possibly the Baker Mayfields going into the future mm-hmm. where, you know, they, those guys apparently are, are pretty smart can pick up the system, can come in and, you know, and run the system uh, on an as-needed basis. But, you know, they just can't do it on a continuous basis where they're the, the starters or the star of the team. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback is, you know, the main makeup of any football team in the NFL and uh, if, if your quarterback is not up to par and and highly competitive and doing the things that that are necessary to propel the team, mm-hmm. you know you're going to have those type of guys where you know he come in for you know they sign him to a one or two year deal and you know and then see what happens after that. All right. With that being said, so this means that Kaepernick is done because nobody's touching him. No, I, I think his his career. Is, as an NFL football player, is over. It's, you know, if he get a shot, uh, I understood he did uh, uh, had a workout with the Saints at at one point, uh, sometime this year, I believe. And then you know, but those, those I think his what he did politically, you know, it, it scarred a lot of people, you know, in the hierarchy of the NFL, and they don't like what he did and um, or the way he went about getting it done. And you know, it's it's is wasted talent. You got a talented guy that a lot has a lot more talent. Even even though he had played in a couple of years, I still think he has a lot more talent than what's out there. Yeah. But you know, he's pissed some people off. You know, just about some of his actions and and the owners know, are sticking this. together. They're sticking together because Seattle. There's a number of teams that could clearly use him either in a backup or even a starting role. Um, but you know, he's been out of the league for what six, seven years now. And you know, yeah, well, just, just just looking at the just if you just break it down by divisions, just look at the NFC East. You know how many quarterbacks in the East that that you know I I know one quarterback in the East that can get the job done right now, and he's in he's with you, your your team, the right. Cowboys. <laughs> okay. So you know, name name another quarterback in the East that's better than Kaepernick. Mm, good point. You know, I think Dak is in the top ten. What he's not, I think he's ranked number seven. I think that's the last poll I saw. Right. He was ranked seven. Um, but you know, just just think, 
go to the east. Now go like you mentioned. Go out to the west. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many? How many team? How many uh, quarterbacks in uh, in the, the AFC West? Right. Gotcha. You know, so you know you can go on and on and on. You know, and and that kid could top a lot of quarterbacks in the league, but you know, politically and you know, the well, however they want to look at it, and that's that's what's holding him back because yeah. a lot of guys, I'm sure, are sitting in those meeting rooms and. And they think about, well, man, if we had somebody like Kaepernick. Right. Yeah, but you know. it's politics. All right, last question. If you can name one team that really improved themselves that could go to the playoffs from all these trades, which which team would that be? I'm not exactly sure because, you know, that's, you know, that's why they go out and play the games and, you know, and, and putting themselves, trying to put themselves in, in pretty decent position to make some moves, uh, but I think the Cowboys, you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna make a lot more noise than they made last. Year. Really? Wow. I, I was thinking it. Cleveland, but you know, we'll see. Okay. Well, that's you know, Cleveland bringing one guy. You know, they they they're trying to make some moves, but you know, that main focus is on that one guy. But you got to see how if they can put it together and say, well, you know, uh, and have a collective effort in terms of of winning football games. Right. You know, they got I know they had a good running back crew last year. Now they got an extraordinary quarterback, but now can they put that whole system together and you know and and make some serious serious noise in yeah. in the uh, right. in the in the NFL this year. Otis Smith, yes, Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. Yeah. And of course, uh, great analysis, man. I really appreciate you taking the time with us. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. Yeah, yep. Well, I wanted to do something I've never done before. I wanted to interview my son. His name is Peyton Dominique Parr. How you doing, Peyton? Pretty good. All right. Now, Peyton, you're saying, Russ, come on. This is so nepotitious. You know, you're, you got your son on. The reason why I have my son on, he's not here to sell anything. He's not here to sell you on anything. But my son does the most research of anybody I've ever known about cryptocurrency. And... Any questions that I have, I ask him. Now, you have a million people that actually get your advice on what to do with cryptocurrency, right? Uh, not financial advice. Uh, not financial advice. but Just talk about it. Yeah, you just talk about it because basically you know about it, and that's the big thing. First of all, explain to everybody, like they don't know anything about Bitcoin and stuff like that. Tell everybody what is cryptocurrency and how it works. So cryptocurrency was a big innovation um, by Satoshi Nakamoto, who's a anonymous person for good reason, that essentially made it to where you do not need a trustless, you do not need a intermediary to do transactions with someone. It's a trustless way of um, transacting without a bank or any intermediary. And that was a huge innovation because it allows um, people in countries where there are um, dictators or countries where they want to control how you transact to be able to transact freely. And not only that, but be able to maintain your purchasing power, especially during times of high inflation, like right now. Okay. So like right now in Russia, because all their assets have been, have been frozen because of the uh, invasion on Ukraine. Um, I guess Putin's been talking about using crypto currency to sustain his government is that possible so he, he recently kind of offhand comment said he allowed um people to 
buy their oil and gold, but it was not going to support their currency. It's just going to help them um, possibly transact gold, I mean, transact oil. But it's, it's compared to the amount of money or amount of oil they have, it's, it's not a huge amount. So, so let me ask you this. Um, you know, you have countries that are using um, cryptocurrency like Bitcoin as their standard. Uh, what, what is that in, in, in South America? Which country is that? El Salvador. Uh, yeah, El Salvador. Uh, their their financial system is solely based on bit. Is it Bitcoin or just cryptocurrency? Period. So actually, they're currently based off the U.S. dollar, but they allow people to um, transact in Bitcoin tax free. So when you sell it, there's no taxes, and the benefit there is it introduces a lot of people in El Salvador to it, and a lot of people in El Salvador send money back home to people in other countries. So it makes it much easier and cheaper for them to do that. So it helps them there, mm-hmm. but also gives them a way to save money. In a easier way. So basically, Bitcoin is not based on because the gold has been the standard that you know you basically make your transactions through. There's something to back it up. Bitcoin, there's nothing to really back it up, but other people's interests. Is is that accurate, or am I way off? Uh, yes, but I wouldn't say much different than gold. Gold is just it has value because we pretty much believe in it. Um, I mean, there is some um, uses like for like jewelry and whatnot, but that's a small percentage of the value of gold. If aliens came down tomorrow and saw gold, they think we're just crazy people who, why do we like the shiny rock? Right. Let me ask you this. Let's, let's talk about one cryptocurrency in particular, Bitcoin, which is probably one of the most popular that everybody knows about. Why has it been so successful? I mean, because it, the stock market can go down, it can go up, and Bitcoin seems to be unmoved by that. Why? I would say there's a lot of institutional adoption, meaning there's a lot of big money getting into it now because they realize, oh, the government can print money whenever they want to. They can do whatever they want to to the, the dollar. While Bitcoin, there is no one person that controls it. It's, um, it's decentralized and not owned or controlled by one entity, like a Federal Reserve. Like the U.S. dollar is okay. So basically, anybody that got in into the beginning at the beginning, uh, they're making a lot of money. Do you foresee the government coming in and slapping some restrictions on as to how you can trade and basically minimizing Bitcoin? I would say regulation can actually increase adoption in terms of big money getting in because they're now they're uncertain in terms of getting in, and it's. I don't think the restrictions will be that bad because at the end of the day, um, one thing that drives government is people with money and more people with money get into it, mm-hmm. the less likely the government is to restrict it in, in a negative way that hurts their pockets. So right now, Bitcoin's popularity has exploded because people like Elon Musk, and these guys are no dummies. Uh, these guys that have these big corporations that make billions of dollars, um, they've given an endorsement, right? Yep. So let me just say this. Um, when you get to a point where, you know, you see it dip, I know you always say, I'm not selling, I'm not selling. And I get nervous and so on and so forth. Why does it, why does it dip? And then why does it go back up? I don't understand how that works. Because there's a lot of people with different time frames in their minds. Some people are short term thinkers when the short term thinkers, they might get afraid when it dips. And some people are long-term thinkers. I mean, the long-term thinkers, are, when they see a dip, they might see an opportunity if nothing has changed about why they want to invest in it. And my belief is that over the course of the next um, you know, 10 years, it could do a lot, increase by a, a huge amount. 
at least 10 X. Let me ask you this. What is the, the biggest, you know, cause I know you have a lot of your friends come up and they call you and they ask you uh, about, about Bitcoin. What is the, the big fear that a lot of people that are trying to get in, what is the big fear that you've encountered, especially from your friends and from people that ask your opinion? I would say that, yeah, it's, it's the government again, the, um, that the government's going to ban it or, or whatever. But actually a recent um, thing by Biden where he said that they're going to look into it, see how they can do innovation, but also you know, prevent money laundering and all these negative things, uh, show that the government, the U.S. government specifically, you want it to stay around. So I don't think it's a big concern. You know, that's the biggest concern for most people. So basically somebody can just go online or just, you know, go to uh, – any different, like, uh, I guess, what Robin Hood or whatever. And if you've got $10, you can invest in it, correct? Yep. There's pretty much no minimum mm. at all. And it's taxed the same when you get a capital gain on it and when you make a profit on it, right? Yep. Same way in the U.S. at least. Mm. Peyton, I, this has just been very, as I've never interviewed you before, and I'm, I'm really uh, impressed. I'm impressed with my son, by the way, guys, because um, I put him on. And yes, this is not part of his title, but I watched the guy do research. And so uh, he got mad at me when I sold um, about a month ago. But I'm going to jump back in because, you know, I. I, That's what I say. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to do that because it, it's been pretty steady with Bitcoin so far. Peyton Parr. Thank you so much, sir. No problem. All right. Bye bye. We're going to take a quick break and coming up in just one second. Of course, I'm going to kind of weigh in on what's going on in the world. I call it parpery news. And of course, uh, there's some things that, uh, hey, they're fun. And sometimes there are things that are serious. So that's what parpery news is all about. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's time for Parpuri News. Yes, just a mixture of stuff that goes on in the news. And I quickly commented about him. Of course, uh, you guys heard where uh, President Biden basically said that um, Vladimir Putin should no longer have power. And uh, he had to immediately walk back those statements. Basically, he said this man cannot remain in power. And they're scared that that they're going to offend Vladimir Putin. Um, so What's what's we're going to do if we offend him? He's going to get mad and maybe start bombing civilians and killing women and children. You think that's going to be the punishment for saying that he shouldn't be in power? And yeah, maybe that was a faux pas on on uh, Joe Biden's part, the president. But at the same time, you got to ask some people in Ukraine how they feel. Even ask some Russians. This dude is being brutal. Problem is, is that, you know, he's not doing well on the ground and in the air. So since we can't do that, I'm just going to reduce the place to rubble where I can fire missiles off the coast on ships, for the most part, untouchable and just fire into Ukraine. I don't have to even go in there and do anything because I'm not capable. That's why he's trying to get Syrians. That's why he's trying to get um uh, Belarus, uh, just getting so many uh, other people to come in and help fight his war. That's like the bully picks a fight and realize, oh, man, this dude hits back. I need help. But, hey, you know, this is um, this is nuts. And to sit up and watch it is crazy. But I had somebody that um, 
texted me and they said, you know, Russ, I, I find it amazing how the United States can take on 100,000 refugees from Ukraine. And he says, you got to think about other countries like in South America and, and Haiti and African nations that, you know, genocide happens on a regular basis and they have tons of refugees. There was no open door policy for these countries of color. And I have to say, that's true. It's true. It's this war is different because these aren't people of color. And I hate to bring this up, but it's the elephant in the room. And people are just going like, wait a minute. What about all these other areas where there's war? I mean, in, in Syria, I'm in Afghanistan. There are people that have been misplaced with nowhere to go. But we didn't open up our borders. So, you know, I get it. I can be, I, I would be a little irritated with that also. I get that. But at the end of the day, y'all, um, no matter what, everybody should be treated equally. And when there are people that are involved in, in South America where gangs are running around and killing kids and killing their children, you have to leave. And you leave them there with no options to realize the American dream, which is what our country is made of. We're a melting pot of the world. When I see some folks that are like, well, this is my country. You came from France. You came from Italy. You came from Switzerland. Your, your ancestors didn't start here. It's all of ours. That's what makes this nation great. We're the melting pot of the world. So I get it. That's a problem. Oh, well, that's my parpery news. Well, there you have it, y'all. Another Russ Parcast. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure you guys listen to us every week. Don't forget to check out the Russ Par Morning Show. Yeah, you can go to the RussParMorningShow.com and actually listen to it Monday through Friday. Uh, we have 67 openings and we have over 2 million openings for people to join in and listen. Yeah, we're just kind of short on listeners. So if you guys can do that, we'd really appreciate it. All right. Join us next week, man. Another new show for you. Hang out.